everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with cookbook author and host of Potluck. Did I get that right? Yeah. Of Potluck and someone with whom I share a name, Allie Rosen. Yeah. Hello and welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're a New Yorker, but well, but not originally. You're originally from like South Carolina, right? Yeah, I'm from Charleston and my husband is from New York. So he says I can't really claim to be a New Yorker, but I've been there 10 years. So this is a matter of great debate. In my household. <laughs> and also, interestingly, I did not know this until a little while ago. Your husband is named Daniel. My husband, I knew that my husband was named Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I hope you knew that. Yeah, we are both, we are both, you know, Allie, Allison, Rosens with Daniel husbands and small young boys. It's so weird. We're living parallel lives on What's, opposite coasts. I know, but we don't have the same kid's name, right? No, no, my son is Guy. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mine's not. So in that way, that that is how we'll know who's who. That's how we'll know which Allie Rosen you're getting. But, and this question is going to determine the direction the rest of this interview is going to go. Are you an Allison? No, I'm an Alexandra. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. Boom, and now everything's ruined. I, sus- <laughs> I had, I just had a spidey sense. <laughs> that I would ruin your whole show? Yeah. 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 So you're an Alexandra. Yeah. How has that impacted your life? You know, it's very difficult because when your name is Allie, everyone assumes that your name is Allison. Mm-hmm. So I've been called Allison Rosen my whole life and everyone thinks that I am. And actually my aunt is an Allison who was never called Allie and then she got remarried to a man who decided to start calling her Allie. Mm-hmm. And it's it really like it messed with my entire internal core because, That's you. you know, it was me. Yeah. Like, you know. Allison is an Allie. I am. So it's, you know, yeah, Alexandra, it makes no sense. Um, but my mom really liked Allie McGraw. <gasps> my parents really like, that's how I have, wait, is she so, an Alexandra? No, she's an Allison. Okay. There, there are no yeah. Alexandra. No, it doesn't make any sense. My parents just like that, liked the name Alexandra and then they also liked Allie McGraw. It doesn't make any sense. I think, I think part, apparently my mom knew someone named, named Allison and she really liked her. And my dad had had a similar positive Allison association, and they both really liked Allie McGraw. <laughs> I yeah. think that's why I'm Allison ALI. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of women of our generation are <laughs> named, and actually, like, you know, Allie McGraw, my mom saw Allie McGraw in Charleston at something, and I don't know, she sells like scarves or something now. And, uh, <laughs> and my mom was like, you know, I went up to her and I said that, you know, I named my daughter after her, and she just like, didn't give a shit. So it was very disappointing. Right. So she wouldn't care that either of us were named after now, her. Second question. Don't let me down, Alexandra. Are you Rosen by marriage or by birth? Oh, by birth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, um, I, I legally, this is like a, <laughs> my poor husband. My husband's last name is Gorvich, uh, which, you know, is I feel like fine. that's kind of Quantian. <laughs> Because my husband's last name is Quants. I feel like Gorvich and Quants, like on a, right, in like terms you, of tone, it's similar. Right. And you don't yeah. want to change your name to that. So I legally, you know, I have this like, you know, multiple identity issue of I legally changed my name so that my son and I would have the same name. But um, 
you know, from a work perspective, I was like, I'm not taking Gorevich. Like, that's horrible. Rosen's so great. Uh, it's interesting that you feel that way because I was ready. I thought I was going to change because I like the name Quants. I haven't always, don't take this the wrong way. I haven't always yeah. loved being a Rosen. Well, no, there's, there's a lot of downside. Yeah, to I wasn't in love with Rosen at all. And and I don't, I'm not even talking about the people who are like Rosine. Rosin? <laughs> Rosin. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the South, so they're, like I moved to New York, and I was like, oh, my God, everyone else has my name. But like growing up in Charleston, they're like, hello, Ali Rosin. It's like, that's <laughs> not my name. But right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's also I, like, hi, I'm Jewish. Like, yes. your last name is Rosen. I mean, right. it's like, let's leave nothing to a mystery. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, right. So I was ready to be quants because it's got an air of mystery. But then I realized, well, wait, this all of a sudden when it came time yeah, so I realized publicly I can't change because I have a theme song. Right. It honestly was pretty much the theme song and already having the URL where I'm like, right, like that's going to be complicated. And then I thought I'll do what you did, which is just legally change my name so that my son and I have the same name. But then when it came time to actually do it, all of a sudden I had this like, I I just felt so, unco- I don't know, it was like an identity crisis kind of. And I'm like, I've been Alison Rosen for too long. Once. <laughs> It's funny because I went through I like I went to the social security office and I started crying and I called my dad yes. and I was like I'm not a Rosen anymore. And, and you know my dad is really funny. He goes he goes I'm sorry Allie but you can't change your genetic makeup. You will always be a Rosen. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's true. Like I'm still the crazy nut job from my own family no matter how much I've tried to, you know, change my name or whatever it so. is weird how threatening it is though yeah and it's, i it's a weird thing like you go through your whole life yeah. with a name and that's who you are and then suddenly it's like just kidding because you're a lady and you have a vagina you now get to just i don't know be somebody else be someone else yeah, yeah. so it's it's a it's a it's a stressful thing but then i kind of justified not not that i need justification but i i i justified my not going through with it by uh I heard from another woman in her Instagram stories, which is how I make all my decisions. She was like, don't, don't change your name. It creates a huge nightmare when you try to travel with just like all the yeah. paperwork and all the, I don't know. Did it create problems for you? It takes so much work to change your name. And, you know, and I actually had, I don't know if any, you know, listeners from New York have been to the Manhattan DMV, but it's really like, someone should make a show about like hell being in that <laughs> DMV like because it's you wait in line forever and so, you know you, when you look online it says if you have your marriage certificate you can change your name so I went in you know with my marriage certificate and I said okay I want to be Alexandra Rosen Gorvich and they said oh well um, you, you can't do that until you there's like a point system and you can change your last name but you can't change your middle name and I was like well I'm not changing my middle name I'm yeah, just, just moving it up moving it and they're like right they're like well that's legally changing your middle name and you have to have done it and I had my so I'd already done the social security card but that wasn't enough points so I had to then after having waited in line I had to then go to get i had to get my passport to then go back to the dmv because it's a whole I'm, what are these it, points it was just a nightmare it was like you know you have to have at least four points to be allowed like two points from your social security card two points from your passport i, I mean it was a total nightmare and in high, my sister just got married and she like wants to change her name but she's like Ugh, it's mm-hmm. just they don't make it easy and then you have to you know change it on everything like your bank documents when you go to the doctor and and if you do live a dual life the way i do where like i am ali rosen and alexandra gorvich is just like a legal entity that doesn't actually exist in reality 
like I go into things and I don't remember like which name mm-hmm. I've put, you know, like, I, I mean, obviously if it's a medical thing, I know it's my legal name, but it's like, you know, y- you go into, you know, like your Fandango account and you're like, <laughs> right. and they're like, what last name do you have? You're like, I'm having an existential crisis in Fandango. Am I Rosenher? Am I Gorovich? So, I mean, honestly, like, I'm happy that my son and I have the same name, but like, yeah, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's okay that you didn't do it. Yeah, I feel okay about it. I feel like I still have the option. Yeah, you could always change. But still, there are a lot of conversations about like what well, his last name is, my last name is. Yeah. And even like I've had to call our medical insurance company. It's easier for that stuff. Yeah. yeah and that, that involves a lot of, well, his, just the whole, always oh, his, totally. mine, we have different... Although it it doesn't seem to phase anyone, which makes me think it's just more common now that people aren't changing as much. I th- yeah. But I think part of it's because people are, I don't know how old you were when you got married. I also don't know how old you are now. But I think as more and more people are getting married later, it's just you've spent so long with that name. Right. Like you're not going to be 35 and be like, well, I've had a whole career and now I'm suddenly, you know, a whole new person. Right. If you're getting married when you're 21, it's fine. But right. most people now are not. So it's a whole, yeah, it, it just has created this very strange world where we, you know, it becomes this choice and it's always on the women. I have a friend who just had a son and she named him, She, you know, she's doing the hyphen name and we're like, mm. well, what if he marries someone who also has a hyphen name? Right. She's like, I don't know. He'll, then that's four just, points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then they're screwed, you know, but I mean, it's, you know, it's this like weird patriarchal thing that we're just supposed to go with. And I was like, well, you know, I I just would rather, yeah, for those things, like if he's in the hospital and Mm -hmm. I need to prove I'm his mom, like fine, you know, there it is. But it's, yeah, it's a very, very strange tradition. And, you know, for me, it was like, I had a friend growing up whose mom had a different last name than him. And I remember being like, does his mom not like him as much, you know, but I think that's different for kids now. I mean, because all of their, I mean, yeah, especially if you're in a big city, it's like, you know, everybody has their own weird family situation. Mm. So I th- I think it's fine. So, okay, tons to get into. South Carolina, that that's where you were born? Mm-hmm. Bone and raised. And when did you get into food? And also uh, tell us about, I'm going to ask all my questions right now, and then you can just yes. tease them out. Tell us about potluck. Tell us about the cookbook. Tell us about how potluck came about, et cetera. Great. I'll just talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> um, no, I, I grew up cooking a lot um, because my mom, sorry, mom, is not a very good cook. And so I just had to start cooking at a young age. Um, and my grandmother was a great cook and I always did that, but I didn't really think it would be like a real career. So I, you know, I went to college and I thought I was going to be like a serious journalist. Mm-hmm. So I, where'd you go? I went to the university of St. Andrews in Scotland cause I wanted to get away from everyone. And um, <laughs> I was like, I will go across an ocean and I did international relations and I, you know, and I graduated from college and I was a page, you know, I did that horrific experience of giving tours to people in a uniform that if anyone has watched 30 Rockets, that is literally like what Kenneth wears is what you wear. It's humiliating. Where were you, Paige? Uh, in New York. And so I, you know, you do like you give tours, you do seating. At the time it was Conan. So like it was kind oh, of so cool. you were a page at NBC. It was a page yeah. at NBC. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm like everyone should know that. Well, 30 Rock made it a lot easier because you're like, <laughs> oh, you know that show? That's what I did. And then I worked for the Nightly News. I worked for NBC when Brian Williams was still there. And I, I mean, I really thought I was like going to go into hard mm-hmm. news. And then I took a job. Um, you know, I was working at NBC and it was like layoffs and nobody could have a job. And Brian Williams, actually, who, you know, despite 
all the things that have happened to him of late was a great boss. And he was like, listen, like you're never going to be able to move up here. So I will help you get a job. And um, so I became a reporter for New York one, which is like a local station in New York. I miss New York one. Yeah. It's when I lived in New York, I loved, I loved, I loved Pat Kiernan. Yes. Yes. It's all that. I, so I was like, I covered Staten Island and uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it was such a weird job because everybody who works in local news like doesn't want to work there. So you're in a career where everybody is angry about <laughs> their life and which I guess is a lot of career paths. But, um, you know, it's just like really competitive. So I, I just hated it. Like when you're at uh, NBC, like when you're in national news, everybody is happy because they're where they want to be. So people will help you and be nice. And when you're in local news, everyone is mean and trying to make you fail because if you succeed, then they don't get, you know. Wait, so what years was this? Because I used to do segments on WMB on Weekend Today in New York and then sometimes uh, Today in New York during the week at, but at 30 Rock. Yeah. So what um, years were you there and what years were you? Um, I was a page... At- like 2007 and then i worked at mb at nightly news like 2008 2009 okay so there was some overlap then then. yeah yeah yeah, you probably like you know you walked by me in the hall i'm like loser (laughs) and that blue blazer what a terrible job like i'm on tv and this girl is giving tours to terrible people um yeah that was my life and yeah, and I worked in New York one and then i realized that local news is horrible for me and i so i like left and moved to india for a year i you know i was that person and um worked on a documentary what'd you do in india i worked on a doc <laughs> god i'm gonna sound so ridiculous i i worked on a documentary about domestic violence prevention in a slum wait how does that because- that doesn't sound ridiculous at all well, that's like, like the least ridiculous thing that's happened to me all week <laughs> but now i like cover food i'm like okay. well i did this nice thing and now i then i didn't want to do that no and it just really helped like you know when i moved back to new york and i was like you know i really want to do food and i you know i had all this experience on camera and, you know, shooting my own videos. And I applied for a job at a website that did food content. And, um, you know, in that era, like 2011, 2010, 2011, like people didn't, um, you know, people couldn't make their own videos. So when I applied to the job, I think they wanted somebody with like real experience in food and they couldn't find anyone. Like they couldn't find a person. I mean, my boss literally was like, well, we wanted somebody, you know, but like an associate producer for like Rachel Ray, like can't, shoot their own videos and mm-hmm. host them where it's like someone who's worked in local news really can right um so i yeah they i think they just kind of were like oh there's nobody else so I, <laughs> what website was it it was called the daily meal i mean it is called the daily meal um i did that for a few years and then i left to start doing my show um potluck with Allie, which is now uh which is on myc life for anyone in new york which is public television which is super fun because i just get to do like nerdy food content all day and no one has to compete you know, against each other or make children cry or whatever else happens on food television <laughs> these days. Um, yeah. So I had this like very, that's like, yeah, a long answer to a big question, but that was kind of my circuitous path. But I was always cooking. I always wanted, you know, to be in food. My first job as a kid was, you know, I shadowed like the, you know, owner of one of the biggest restaurant groups in Charleston. And I, I, I always wanted to do food. I just didn't think I could, I, I didn't want to be a chef. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to be like working at night and standing up in kitchens and, you know, I didn't really realize like, oh, you can cover food as a journalist and do that from that angle, um, you know, because it's become much more of a thing now in the last five or 10 years. I mean, before that, it just like wasn't people didn't think about food as much as they do now. So mm-hmm. I just yeah, I just kind of yeah, like now if a website was hiring for somebody like to do videos about food, they would be able to say like, 
you know, there'd be somebody who'd been like, you know, vlogging in their basement since they were like six and maybe a whole <laughs> different thing. But I, I just got lucky, I guess. So when you, when you were in India and you had, the, or if that's where you had the realization, when you had the realization that you want to do food over other stuff, like what was that moment like? It was, you know, it, it's hard, I think, when you live in a big city and everybody has a traditional career path. And, you know, I, I sort of came from both my parents are lawyers. You know, all of my friends annoyingly like went into finance and, you know, things of that nature. And it was kind of like, you know, being in New York, I had this like I was like, oh, I was on a path. I worked at NBC. And, you know, my parents would be like you know, you should work your way up there and stay there for the rest of your life. And you're so lucky to have that job. And mm -hmm. like, I, I was just in this, you know, I think that we all do of like, the rat race of it all of like, oh, I have this career, and it's great. And you know, when I was working at New York one, it was like, I'm a reporter on the air in New York. And that's so lucky. And everybody hated me because I had never been, you know, on I never had to do the like local news, like, first, I'm in Duluth. And now I'm <laughs> in, you know, Fayetteville and mm -hmm. whatever, you know, like, so I think maybe that's why it didn't work for me, because they were all like, we hate that you never had to do this. But, you know, I I just it was hard for me to be like, what what about this do I like? You mm -hmm. know? And I I remember I had a I sat down with Richard Engel, who's the chief foreign correspondent for NBC, and, you know, because I really wanted to do international news. And he was like, you know, you just have to be willing to burn your whole life to the ground and you have to like whatever. And I was like, but I'm I'm not. And I guess like I'm not cut out. You know, this is not like, I do not want to go move to Iraq and go to, like the things that you have to do to be really big in that profession. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this isn't right. And that's why uh, my now husband's company was like, oh, you know, you can do a year rotation. And we decided to go to India. And I was like, I just need to like think about like, why did I get, you know, like I had an internship at ABC News when I was in college. And so it was like, I just went on a trajectory and I just had to like, I, I was like on a moving thing and I had to like step off of it mm -hmm. to say like, okay, actually, this is like not what I want, you know? So right. sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just got to move to India and eat, <laughs> pray, love your life. <laughs> and where that, that trajectory, like where would that have taken you ideally at that time? Like Aaron Burnett or Laura Logan? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Christian Amanpour is still like, to me, she's like the ultimate person. Like if I could be anyone, you know, she would have been it. It's, it's just, you know, those, you have to, I mean, and my friends who still work in news, I mean, it's, you have to, you really have to give up your whole life to do it. And um, you have to love it. Like, like right now, I mean, the era that we are in now, I have never been happier to not work <laughs> in news. I can't imagine it. And some of my friends who work in news are really exhausted and want to quit every day. But the ones who really love it, they're like, this is such an important time for journalism. And we're doing the work that needs to be done. And I have so much admiration for that. And I, I just was never going to, I was never going to be that person. You know, like sometimes it's okay to be like, ah, that's not, <laughs> I don't, you, I don't love this enough. I was um, cooking. I, you know, it was all I thought about all day. So I was mm -hmm. like, why am I not doing this? You know, when you say that you're so happy to not be doing it in this era, are you talking about, um, Trump? That, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you meant Trump or if you meant the way media is now. Oh, I mean, both, but um, right. but mostly Trump. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, you know, like, I don't know how these people get up every day and yeah. do that because it's your, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we're living in really absurd times. So talking about food all day is like so much easier. It's like, you know what? Like, everybody loves food. I mean, people argue about food too, mm -hmm. but it's not in the same not in the same way. I 
feel like it's I'm I'm going to the same well that I've gone on recently. However, here I go. I have felt for a long time like umami is not a real thing. However, I think that I'm coming around to uh, I've ch- I'm changing my mind, and I think it is a real thing. I guess do I? I don't know. You know, these are like the great food food questions of our time. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's really funny because people get so hung up on stuff like this and to me it's like food is food you eat it it's gone did you enjoy it are you having fun with it like you know for me like covering food sometimes I just start like laughing at people because they take it so seriously and it is serious from a news perspective like if you are a person who covers like global warming and how that affects our food system or you know animal practices and how we like those things are serious Mm -hmm. right but like whether or not umami is real is like, do you like things that have that type of flavor? Then great. Umami is real to you. If not, like, that's fine, too. Like, most people in America are not, uh, you know, cooking these elaborate recipes. Like, they're just trying to, like, get through their day. And if they find something they like, then awesome. You know, if you find, like, like Umami Burger made a spray that was like, you can spray this on your food and it's umami now in your food. And it's like, well, great. If you want to spray, like, fake shit on your food and i do it's like yeah then order it i mean because it's, de- it's i didn't delicious. even know they have it i'm a fan oh, of all yeah. sprays that go on food oh yeah umami burger makes an umami spray so yes i i think like i i am like of the judgment-free cooking school of like you have to do what you like and what makes you happy and like what is easy for you and some people like to spend you know like their entire day like stirring a sauce and like if that's what you're into look great and if you want to make something in 30 minutes and spray a new mommy spray on it to give it a similar flavor like do that what you is know? your favorite thing to cook or type of cooking i love italian like i'm I'm a little bit of like an italy file which is so it's like it's like the basic bitch of being like i cover food and i love italian food. like oh no shit um but you know i've started you know because i lived in asia for a while and because you know i also lived in scotland for a while which actually has better food than it used to you know it's i've just started to come to this realization of like you know there's a lot of good food in the world but sometimes there's just nothing better than italian food and like that's okay we can all admit it I guess to me, but you know, I, I love like searching out like weird esoteric cuisines. I mean, like this is the next thing, and it's like, but also like really well-made pasta <laughs> with tomato sauce is great. Like, there's a reason why that's so great. So that's like, that's my go-to. Like, if I'm like sad and just need to like eat something amazing, it's like carbo-loading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bread and pasta. And I know that you you were were you in San Francisco yesterday? Yeah, you know my Instagram lies. I like post things days later. Oh. Yeah, I was in um, I was in San Francisco this weekend. I had a book signing, um, which was really fun. And I have some friends who live in San Francisco who don't have kids, and so it was really funny to watch their level of exhaustion of running around with my toddler for <laughs> two days. And they're like, "Okay, well, bye. Like, can't take him anymore." Um, yeah, so I was in San Francisco. You had a meal drove. at the Post Ranch Inn, yeah, is that what it's called, yeah. um, which is a place I've never been. But I've Googled it and looked at pictures many times. How was it? It is beautiful. The food is fine. Um, I, Scathing. I'm, I'm horrible. Um, no, it was really beautiful. It's funny because everybody, every single person that I asked was like, oh, we're driving down the, you know, the PCH, which I feel like I feel like such an imposter when I say 
PCH because I'm like, it's really the Pacific Coast Highway. Um, and I don't live in California, so <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah, so we drove down the PCH. And yeah, everybody was like, oh, if you're in Big Sur, you have to stop at the Post. First of all, everyone's like, stay at the Post Ranch Inn. And we looked at it and it's like, it's like $1,700 a night. I was like, okay, well, we're not going to do that. Um, but we stopped for lunch and they just have the most beautiful view. I mean, it's like you just, you can't, like there's, they could serve you like garbage and it would be totally worth doing. And the food was really, it was good. It was good. It was very good. They have a three course meal and the waiter very harshly judged us for purchasing a third meal for our son. Um, he was like, you know, you know, it's a lot of food. Like you can, you can just have two. I was like, I know, but like he eats a lot. And yeah, so I felt judged. Um, and also like, because we weren't staying there, we were seated, like not right next to the view, but kind of like behind the view so it was kind of that situation of right like, all right we're not really staying here so we're not special but it was beautiful i mean it really is worth doing um if you're driving through there's just so much good food i mean the next day we were in santa barbara and we went to the santa barbara shellfish company and it was like you know it was half the price of that i mean so i don't know it depends mm-hmm. on like what you're into like if you really are there for the view then i can't imagine anywhere in the world that has a better view but if you really want the food then just go like buy the most expensive freshest seafood that you can find and it's you know not going to cost as much as a tasting menu but and it's amazing. I, you posted a photo of sea urchin yes. which i've never tried <gasps> i've heard that it can taste like a wharf and i'm not sure if that's when it's good or bad <laughs> oh my god yeah we should do like a we should do and like well first of all you're so close to santa barbara and the best the best american uni is from santa barbara so you can get it so fresh i mean the u.s we get it in santa barbara and we get it in maine and then in japan they get it from an island called hokkaido which you know now i'm gonna sound like a horrible food snob i'm like i'm like cook whatever you want but now i'm gonna sound like a food snob um the the best is the japanese i think honestly even if you get it you know a day later and you're getting the japanese version that to me is the best but the santa barbara is great and it's right here so you have to do it how would you describe the flavor fishy it's very fishy. I mean, it's really in a like some. I mean, it's really a love or hate kind of thing. It's kind of like how some people don't like raw oysters. You know, mm-hmm. it's a similar like it tastes like the sea, but this is even like yeah, sea urchin is like a more extreme oyster with more of like a buttery flavor and texture. Hmm. It's it's really good. It's also really good. You know, like we're talking about carbo loading. Like if you do it in pasta and just like butter and sea urchin and like really good fresh pasta might like might be the best thing on the planet to me (laughs) did your son eat it he did eat it yeah i have um yeah i i want to do like a tv show of like me and my son like traveling and eating food and i spoke to somebody about this once and like who's a producer on other food shows and she was like yeah but everyone's just going to be mad and hate you because their kids don't eat this stuff Mm. so like it's not a good idea (laughs) because but yeah he eats everything i don't you know I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm I, like I don't allow him to eat sugar and things, which I guess makes me a bad mom. Like we got to this seafood restaurant yesterday, and they were like, "Oh, and we have a kids menu." I was like, "Oh, like thinking it would be like shrimp or like smaller versions of things." Right. And they go, "Yeah, it's um chicken fingers and butter pasta and like pizza or something." And we're at this like seafood shack. It's literally like at the end of a wharf. Like, how do they even have those ingredients? Right. And I was just like, "Well." I was like, why? Like, why would you do that? And they're like, oh, well, because kids won't eat it. And so I don't know. I have this like 
sort of fascination of like, if you don't give kids those foods, will they know what they're missing? Mm -hmm. Or like, will I have another kid someday? And then that kid will be an asshole and I'll suddenly sound like a jerk because I will have (laughs) been telling everyone that like, it's just what you feed them. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, he eats everything. Did he go through a phase where he didn't want to eat certain things? Because that's what I keep hearing is like, at the you know, try to expose them to a lot of stuff at the beginning because at a certain point they will only want a few things. Yes. So my son is two and a half. So um, I'm going to say this with the total acknowledgement that I might eat my words in six months or a year or whenever. Um, But, you know, we don't give him – God, I'm going to sound like an asshole. Okay. We don't give him any processed food. If you're still listening after the (laughs) Japanese uni is the best, you're like, here comes another one. Oh, God. Who's (laughs) this girl? Yeah. Um, So we don't give him processed food and I don't give him – really anything with sugar unless we are in a social situation where it will make someone else feel judged. So like Mm. if we go to a birthday party and they're serving cake, like I'm not going to be like, I'm sorry, like we don't give him cake because then you're just horrible. Like we were in San Francisco and my friend brought him, uh, bought him some uh, fudge and I wasn't going to be like, we don't give him that. So like he ate the fudge, like fine. Um, But in general, like he doesn't, we don't give him the option for those other foods. So like, he likes like when it, you know like sometimes you're like at the seafood place they had onion rings like obviously the first thing he wants to eat is the onion mm-hmm. rings you know but he just also we've had a number of nights where like if the, the few tantrums he's thrown about food he just goes to bed hungry like I don't give him more food um I'm just like this is what we're eating you eat what I eat and if you don't want to eat it then fine go to bed like I don't care um so because of that I think he eats everything because he's very aware that like nothing else is coming mm-hmm. um. Whereas I think a lot of people like give in to those tantrums. But again, like I say this, like, oh, I know everybody listening who has a parent, <laughs> like with like a picky kid is like, oh, I can't wait for that. Like, I'm going to follow her on Instagram just for the day when she's like, my kid will only eat nachos. Like, so I don't know. But that's what we've done. And it's worked so far. So that's my caveat. I'm like, Ugh, the karma of that is going to be terrible. I had a, th- a situation where so my son is uh, four- he's a year, right? 14 months. So, yeah. yeah. So a year and a couple months and he loves black olives Mm. and he only, I wouldn't say only wants to eat black olives, but he was having a, a A phase snack. Yeah. And I, and he had some, I was surprised that he wanted them because to me it's like, aren't they like super salty, but he just was super into them. So, you know, he ate the ones that I gave him. I cut him up and and then he kept pointing to where the rest of them were. And so he ended up eating a ton of black olives and then in his diaper is just like, oh, they just like pass right through him. And I don't know. This is not I don't know who this question is for. It's just for the room. If they're passing right through him, does that mean I shouldn't be giving them to him? He didn't seem to be like in discomfort or anything. No, I feel like they should just eat. I mean, here's the thing. Like, here's like, okay. And how many black olives is too many to give your one-year-old? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, people all over the world have children on dirt floors, Mm -hmm. and they eat whatever their culture eats. So, like, you know, like, living in India, that was, like, the greatest life lesson. Like, every time I, like, screw something up with my kid, like, working in a slum in India will teach you one very important thing, which is, like, kids are very resilient, and they will adapt to whatever their situation is. And there's kids all over the world, like, you know, we in the U.S., like, with our, like, 
oh, like, what are we going to feed them? And what are we doing them in attachment parenting? And are they sleeping? Mm-hmm. And sleep training? Training? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like, you know, like the Syrian refugees, like living in Jordan right now, like, meh, like their kids are fine. You know, like the kids that I, you know, spent time with in Darvi in the slum in India, like they're really awesome kids. They're happy. Like they go to school, they eat stuff like, but guess what? Like they don't have a choice of what to eat. Mm-hmm. So they just eat whatever their parents put in front of them and that's what they eat. And like, they're fine. So I don't know. Like, I think if your kid likes olives, like, give him some olives as long as he's eating other stuff. I don't know. I just, there's like so much judgment. Like, the parenting stuff is so crazy to me. There's so yeah, much I know. judgment. And it's like, I don't know. Let your kid eat what he And it's self judgment, too. Oh, I don't totally. even think that, I don't think that any, well, not yet. I don't think any other people are judging the olive thing, but it was me being like, is this right? I don't know. I don't, like, I yeah. have so much, ang- there's just so much anxiety over like every, every aspect of child development yeah oh i've literally caveated every single thing i've said here for like in the fear of like please don't come at me mm-hmm. like, you know. my listeners are very nice so i think that you'll be fine yay i mean that's the hope right <laughs> no there's somebody sitting there like sharpening their knives like not today allison <laughs> um this uh okay when you were pregnant did your food did you have food cravings or did your taste change or anything like that no, you know, it's really weird. I was like, really, I was, I was kind of nervous about it. Cause I was like, Oh, my job. I mean, I definitely got nauseous. Like I had, it was really hard in the beginning because, you know, I, like I would be hosting a segment and I, like I, I did a segment with Jean George, who's like, you know, very fancy chef. And he was making this like green curry fish. And I almost vomited on him, like, because it just like to my pregnant brain, it just mm-hmm. was like the last. And then he was like, oh, try this. And I was like, well, if I don't try it, then I'm a horrible person. And if I do try it and I throw up on him, like, that will be really sad. Um, so, you know, I ate it and like forced myself not to throw up on him. But that was kind of the hardest thing is like the beginning of like not wanting to eat stuff. But after that, it was fine. I just kind of ate everything. Mm-hmm. It was okay. And how has having a kid and balancing your career, has your experience of that been? It's really fucking hard. I mean, it's, you know, it just, it changes. Like, you know, my husband went back to work after like a week and was like, bye. What does he do? You know, he's a, he's a management consultant. Mm. He works for McKinsey. He does, you know, he's very corporate and we have opposite jobs. And yeah, the people that he goes to work with, it's very, it's a very different, we live in very different work worlds. But, you know, I started working again after a month just because I was like going crazy and you know but it's just it's just a different like I don't know we were just talking about this the other day of like you know I can't have really a normal job anymore because his he travels all the time and whatever and it's like you know I couldn't have a job like you know hosting a show for a website or like you know I have to kind of my show I'm lucky like I I produce it I you know hand it in I don't have to like Mm. be on a schedule but if I, you know, I, I've certainly been approached by food websites that are like, hey, we're starting up a video program and we'd love to, like, I couldn't do a job like that now because, you know, like, you get two weeks off and you have specific hours and all these things. And if your kid is sick, like, you have to take one of your two weeks. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's totally impractical. So I feel like that piece of it of, like, somebody has to be the primary parent and if it's you, like, your career is going to be dictated by that on mm-hmm. some level. Like, I, I find that very frustrating because it just limits what you can do i mean i don't you know i wanted to have a kid i you know it was my choice i and i love him and i love being a mom you know it's it it's weird being in the food space with a kid because then everyone's like and now are you gonna write a cookbook for kids i'm like no i'm still an adult and i do adult (laughs) things and i don't really give a shit about cooking for kids um it's not it's not my area of interest but it's definitely 
Yeah, colors. I mean, I'm sure you feel this. I mean, listen, like anyone in a career where you are in front of other people and you have to be creative. I mean, any like having a kid zaps your energy. It takes away your time. You know, the, the time of like, I'm going to like sit in the shower and or stand. Sorry, I'm not a weirdo. I don't sit in the shower. Um, <laughs> you know, like standing in the shower for 30 minutes and like thinking about like, what is my show going to be like stuff like that that I used to do. I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that. Yeah, it's whereas I my husband, it's like he's a great dad. But he doesn't, you know, like we're here in L.A. on a trip and he's like this morning, he almost walked out without the diaper bag. He just like walked out. And I was like, you have to get the diaper bag. You have to see if there are diapers in the diaper bag. You might want to make sure there's some fruit in the diaper bag. Oh, and his puzzles on the floor over here. He's probably going to want to play with that later. And it's like the mental mind space mm-hmm. that all of that shit takes up. There's a term for that, that. mental load. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's true. It's like he like, you know, men don't think about it. And I guess, like, if I didn't exist, he would have to. But, like, because I do and I've just taken and – and my career is more flexible. So, like, I took that on. But I don't know. Do you – I mean – um, Sorry for the large sigh in your ears. I yeah, it's <sighs> – I just don't – I somehow didn't – I didn't really understand the time management issues before yes. I had a kid. Um, and I, I really wanted to be a mom and I, you know, I love him to death and it was, I did IVF and I dragged my listeners through the whole struggle of getting pregnant and I'm trying, I'm soon going to be hoping to get pregnant again. I'm hoping at present, I'm soon going to be trying to get pregnant again. Um, although with that a little bit, I'm like, I can't believe I'm thinking of doing that again (laughs) because with Elliot, like he's. I find that it gets easier as he gets older. Like I find, yes. I found having a newborn very difficult. And or, well, they're boring. Yeah. They're boring and difficult. <laughs> I'm a word person, yeah. so the love two and a half. The closer he gets to being able to communicate, the yeah. sort of the more I'm, um, the more like my whole soul is engaged. I think it's I'm just totally different. It's sort you. of I remember when he was an infant, I would be hanging out with him and with Wendy, our dog, and thinking, oh, she's more advanced than he is at this point. Like, it's very oh, much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, but then at the point at which he kind of, of, you know, surpassed her. Who has he? Yeah, think? I think so. Mm. I think yeah, so. I wonder what age, yeah, because we have a dog. I have a Shih Tzu-ish, I don't know, she's a mutt, but she kind of looks like a Shih Tzu. And I, yeah, I think about this a lot. Because He's smarter than she is, but she's more mature than he. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah, see, right? Like they because the dog knows more than the baby in the beginning, and right? It's kind of like when do they surpass? Yeah, it's it's yeah. No babies. I mean, some women are baby people, right? And I, I'm with you. Like I was not a. Ba- I mean, I loved him, and mm-hmm. but I, I like him more. I I enjoy his company more now because we have totally ridiculous conversations, and he can have a conversation, but. I will say it's more tiring because they need, like, you know, with a one-year-old, you can just kind of be like, here's some stuff. Look Mm -hmm. at it for a little while. And if I contain you in a cage, like, (laughs) you'll be fine. Whereas now, it's like, he needs to talk to you. Like, my guys now start, it's like, if if my husband and I start talking to each other, or like, if I'm talking to anyone else, he'll go, stop having a conversation and talk to me. And I'm like, (laughs) whoa, 
like, oh my God, you know, or like, we can't just like, you know, my husband and I are like in the car, like driving down, you know, this thing yesterday and like fighting about something. And, you know, he's in the back going, mommy, be happy. And I'm like, oh God, I can't even. (laughs) Mommy, smile. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't even like, you know, have a fight. And he doesn't know, like he knows that he's he's Mm -hmm. like, he's an extra person who's there. It's kind of like just having a drunk person around all the time because he (laughs) can talk to you and he can say anything. He just has like, you know, he gets, you know, he just has a lot of feelings about things a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he falls down and, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's like having, a, yeah, two, like two to three, I think, is just being around a drunk person all the time. It's fun. Though. It's really fun. It's just, it's exhausting. They that's crazy moving. to me how much they change from one to two and a half. I mean, I guess that's like a decent amount of time. Yeah. But because Elliot is like, we're excited because he's, you know, beginning to, attach words to things yeah. so like you know he knows if he sees cheese he says cheese and it's very cute Can he, um, does he say it like Ch-, or like he can't he, quite say cheese so he, he can't, yeah <laughs> yeah so he just has his two bottom teeth his top oh. two have like just broken through but you can't really see them yet so when he says it daniel and i were just talking about this i think on another podcast because it's so funny he puts his tongue to the side of his little teeth and he goes he <laughs> And you're like, oh, that's so sad. It's so cute. And you're like, you sound so dumb, but it's so cute. Yeah. yeah. Well, guy still says yes instead of yes. And oh. if you say it back to him, he gets really mad now. He'll be like, don't say yes, say yes. You're like, but he still can't. Does say he say it. don't say yes, say yes? Yeah, they- yeah, basically, yeah. Like he's like, don't say, don't say yes. Like you know, he doesn't like being made fun. Like he knows right. we're making fun of him Aww. now, and it's like, oh man, we like can't mock you openly anymore because you understand. So it's like, it's funny because it's like they just, yeah, it's like it, it's better in some ways and worse in other ways. But it's it is, yeah, it is more tiring. Mm-hmm. It's but the career thing, I had a couple days recently because I'm promoting a book, um, as well, and. I had a couple days where I felt like I barely saw him. Yeah. And that was really hard. Yeah. And they start to care more. And then they can tell you how much mm-hmm. they care more. And that's really hard because you have to choose. I mean, you, you know, when you have a career, you choose. I mean, now, like, I take my son to school every morning, but I don't pick him up, you know, because I'm sorry. I don't know who can pick people up at three o'clock if you have a right. job. Um, but like he every morning he says, who's picking me up from school today? And I have to say. You know, Ellie's, I mean, I pick him up on Fridays. I take mm-hmm. Friday afternoons off and we hang out. And um, so every day he's like, who's picking them? No, I want mommy. And it's like, he doesn't do that to my husband. I, they have like right. mommy radar or something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's really, it sucks, you know? And even today I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm off promoting my book. You know, I had an event this morning. I'm doing stuff tomorrow. Like, you know, I'm excited about it. And then my son like tells me I'm horrible. And I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing, you know, and then you're like, wait a minute. No, like he's fine. And my mom was a lawyer. So like, I was never confused about who my mom was and whether she loved me, you Mm -hmm. know, like, we had a lot of babysitters, like, it was fine. But you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like biological, you know, your kid says these things, and you're like, it's hard. And as Mm -hmm. they get older, it's, and then at some point, I think then they start to hate you. And it's easier again. (laughs) Right, Right. when your actual enemies. Right. Yeah, yeah, he started, he wasn't shy. I mean, I think it's just developmental, but he wasn't shy at all. And I would kind of marvel at it, at how self possessed he was in social situations (laughs) with other babies. But he's just started to cling to me and kind of hide behind me around other people which is it's new but you know it, there's something so sweet about it too right. because you love it i yeah i before i felt like does he even know that i'm 
not someone else. Right. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Well, I, I wrote an article. Yeah. Things I regret in life. I've written one mommy article and then I never have done it again because the comments were so vicious. Um, I wrote an article for Refinery29 about why I went back to work after a month. And, you know, that was basically like, he's fine. I would rather take more time with him later. And at mm. this point, he has no idea who I am. So ima- you can imagine the comments of, your son knows who you are and you're horrible. You know, it was like, it was really, really nice. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, I just don't believe that, you know, in the same way, like some people believe in God and some people don't. Some people, you know, all sorts of things. Like, I don't believe that a newborn baby like really knows, like they know your smell, like, you know, mm-hmm. they can smell your milk and whatever. But I mean, you know, like, People have had wet nurses. People, what, I mean, I, I don't think they care that much. And I don't think they do either. Yeah. Like, that's just my belief. Like, I, I could be wrong. But yeah, as you get old, as they get older, then, I mean, they really, like, I think taking like six months off, like, I'd rather take six months off with him now, you mm-hmm. know, where he like knows who I am and wants to be with me and he won't always want to be with me. So it's like, yeah, it gets, it's more fun. Like, as they get older, it's just, it's just, yeah, they, they, you can't ignore them ever as they get older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like in the same way you have to keep a border collie engaged. Right. Because they're really intelligent dogs. Yes. Kids are like that, but more so. Right. Um, so we have a special message. I haven't even heard it yet to play on this show. Let's hear it. Hey, Allie Rosen and Allison Rosen. It's another Allison Rosen calling. Granted, I did get married a few years ago, changed my name, but thank you for having me in your special, special club regardless. Hope you guys are doing well. Bye. So there is an Allison Rosen who gets email for me and I get the bikini fitness model. No. And it's also not the one who has the quilting podcast. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. It's called like within it's like a quarter inch at a time or something. Cause if you sometimes her podcast will come up in iTunes if you search for me, but it hasn't been for a while. So maybe she's not keeping up with her podcast. Um, no, this one, this Allison Rosen, I believe, believe she's in Massachusetts. Um, she gets email for me and occasionally I'll get email for her, but more, usually she gets email for me and she'll forward it to me. So we sort of developed a little Allison Rosen club. Uh, I emailed her earlier. (laughs) We don't really know each other though, but I feel like we do. And so I told her you were coming on the show and I asked if she could leave us a message. So that's so there you go. I know, but there's many of us. There's yeah. The best is I, I get people like Twitter, the person who has at Allie Rosen, um, the person who has at Allie Rosen on Instagram, it, it is unused and I'm angry about it. But um, the person on Twitter who has it is a bikini fitness model. I've seen in this. Florida. Yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen this woman. Yeah. And if you the problem is like I don't have a lot of imagery of me um, because I do videos. So there's very few photos of me. So if you like Google Allie Rosen and you look at the photos, it's this woman who is very so beautiful buff. and in very good shape. But it's like her like on all fours like in a bikini and that's like her Twitter photo. And she, um, you know, a Twitter photo is small and she's a brunette and from far mm-hmm. away. Same. Like, I think people have wondered if she's me. Right. And you're, you know, it's like somebody said that like, Oh my God, what a risque photo you have. Like, people <laughs> say that and I'm like, I, uh, like, no, mine is like me at an oyster roast, like, you know, like <laughs> looking like a loser. I don't know. Like it's, but yeah, it's, you know, so people like tweet at me and, and I, I wonder what she thinks of like all these, tweets she gets about food um yeah but i you know i it's it's interesting these parallel lives mm. all the Allie and allison rosen's lead now i i get this is this is the a thought that's so ill-formed i should save it for not on air 
But I feel like I encountered you online, not you, but stuff about you years ago. And I'm just realizing that I had an awareness of you a while ago. And I'm very I popular. Yeah. But I feel like maybe it was like, I'm wondering if we had some overlap in representation. Like I was like, oh, you're a client of someone who I was working with or something. I don't, again, I should have. Maybe shy. they got us confused. Maybe. Maybe that's why I'm getting offered all these like hilarious <laughs> comedy things. And I don't know. You know, I don't know. Yeah, why. And I received a package of pasta. So, right. <laughs> right. Have you been offered a show about doing a food show with your son? Because <laughs> is that for yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. About oh, my God. My what if we started getting? Yeah. What kind of offers have I been getting that have been going to you? Right. Maybe right. we're all leading the wrong lives. And then we've got to find out from the Allison Rosen that we just heard what's happening for her. Yeah. What does she do? I don't know. I don't know. She abandoned the name, but not the email address. I mean, she didn't abandon mm. it, but she changed her name when she got married. Yeah, so I she should like give she, you her email address. I want to. I want to say she does something medical. Except there is an Allison, oh. but she's not. There is an Allison Rosen that's right. involved in infertility, and she's not that Allison Rosen. Oh, that's even another Allison Rosen. Yeah, it's you know. It's this like, you know, the digital age of your name. I mean, unless you give your kid like a really weird name, like they're going to have to share it with someone. Like when my son was born, my husband was like very proud of himself. He's like, he's like, I got Guy Gorvich at Gmail. So everyone, yeah, everyone sent my son some emails. <laughs> Daniel um, did that too. We didn't announce his name until Daniel went and like grabbed yeah. all the Elliot Quant stuff we could. Right. Well, we tried to send an email like to everyone like from his new Gmail and Gmail like blocked it completely as spam. Because, like, oh. He was like create an email and then like send it out to like 200 people. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was like, well, that funny thing was ruined. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, you know, it's like a weird era of like you become aware of the people with your, of course, other people have your name. Yeah. And if you have a super common name, then yeah, you can have a convention, but <laughs> right. we're not special enough to have a convention. I think you were, we're before sort of we unique. started recording, you were saying that you have a friend whose podcast is just her interviewing other people with her name. Yeah. That's insane. Jessica Chow. Yeah. She has to actually do it. I don't know if she's, released Oh, it's it just yet. an idea. No, I mean, she's been interviewing people, but she has to release it. She, you know, she has a real, she, she works at refinery 29. She has a big job. So I think she uh, has other things that she does besides, this idea of a podcast. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, like the parallel lives people lead with the same name and how does it affect you? I don't know. Yeah. Very, very deep. But think if you were someone else, I don't know that you'd be sitting here. I mean, if I, if, if we were in touch, you would be right. But no, I emailed you out of the blue and I was like, you know, it would be hilarious. (laughs) I've got a book coming out. Let's talk about it. And also we have the same name. That's a show, right? And then I wrote you back and then, you didn't get my email until I, on Instagram, let you know that I had emailed you. Right. This is what's also so funny is like my, I, and I don't know, like maybe my email thought, thought it, was it was spam, spam because yeah. it was like my name or something, but I didn't see it. And I was like, oh God, I'm glad you actually, yeah, social media. I know like email is useless and social media solved everything, I guess. <laughs> so bring it. Yeah. With an exclamation point. Yeah. Your cookbook. Not my choice. Yeah. Tell, oh, really? Did they push the exclamation point oh, on you? Oh man. Yeah. I'm sure you have this with book stuff where they're like, we have an idea and you say like, I'm not sure about that. And they're like, well, we've already done it. So thanks for trying. But yeah, it's actually fun now because it's like, the you know, the book is fun. So it's bring it exclamation point. Yeah. There's one. It's this is a small thing. But in the acknowledgments, I wrote thank you to so and so. No, wait. No, th- I said thanks. No, now I can't remember. Well, you know what? You did something it's, and then they changed it. Yes. <laughs> and I 
didn't like the change and it's been rankling me ever since except now I've forgotten specifically. <laughs> However, I wanted it either I wanted it to say no, I wanted to say thanks to so and so. And they thought it should just be like thank you comma so and so. And I that just is a different feels, sentiment. Yes. It yeah. feels a little a little aggressive. It's aggressively appreciative <laughs> whereas mine was more of like an indirect thanks. Right. I'm letting every, I'm not telling you directly, but I'm letting the world know that I'm thanking you versus theirs. Like, hi, it's 3 a.m. I'm outside your door. I gotta thank you. <laughs> well, too I, much. you really should never write a cookbook because the hardest part about a cookbook is that your words don't really matter. Like what matters is like the positioning on the page, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if there's a photo and then there's the recipe and the recipe goes like three lines over onto what the next page would be. They just make you cut three yeah. lines of your recipe because they're like, well, that would look, I mean, and it would, it would look stupid to have another page you know you can have like half a page but you can't so i I, you know i had a whole section when they were laying out the book where they were like oh cut three lines here cut two lines here i'm like wait but this is my beautiful prose and this is my you know thing about this recipe that i spent so much time writing and they're like yeah you're gonna have to cut it and my editor was actually great there were a few where i was like i can't do it she was (laughs) like oh i have no sentimentality towards your book so she was like (laughs) you know cut it out and yeah i mean most of the things that they did were making it better you know the explanation point is better like you know the cover photo uh, the book cover, you know, has, you know, a bunch of recipes, but the center one is this like corn and tomato and feta salad. That's great. And I, I had this like thing in my mind of like the center image should be a main course, but you know, it, it actually looks really fun and it's great. And so everything that I said that I disagreed with was wrong. And I guess that's why they are in charge of publishing the book and not me. But yeah, it's, it's a funny process that you go through of like, it's your name on the cover, but it's a lot of people's opinions and thoughts throughout. Mm-hmm. So Bring It is, um, tell me about the cookbook. Yeah. So Bring It is a book all about answering the question, what can I bring? You know, it's, it's sort of tethered around this concept of potlucks, but I'm sort of of the notion that like, People don't really have traditional potlucks anymore. And almost every dinner party is a potluck because we're all just lazy and nobody has, you know, it's very rare that someone invites you to like a formal dinner party Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, like cloth napkins and whatever. Like we don't live like that anymore. So we're often bringing things to people's homes, you know, salads or desserts or even mains. And so this idea was kind of to you know, break out of, I think, the idea that people have about potlucks where it's this very, like, you know, overly casual, like, terrible casseroles, overcooked food, um, you know, that it can be fun and engaging without being old school and that also potlucks can kind of be anything that you bring. So it's really just dishes that you can make ahead and bring places. And um, about a third of the book is 30 minutes or less. And it's all, like, despite, you know, previously in the show sounding like a totally arrogant food asshole, I... <laughs> don't like to spend you know 12 hours cooking things and i like things to be quick and i want to make it fun and i want to have everybody say how great it was without actually doing that much work Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what the book is it's you know i learn a lot from chefs every day with my show and it's kind of distilling things that i've learned into easy ways to make them for home cooks that sounds so good it is you know what like it is so good good (laughs) it's a great book do you eat anything crappy or embarrassing Ooh, yeah, I love microwave popcorn. I'm like really I eat I probably eat a bag. I'm gonna die someday from eating a bag of microwave popcorn every day. But I love it. And now I eat the like Newman's own has a brand where it's like there's like nothing on it, which makes me feel kind of better about it. But like I know there are bagged popcorns that mm-hmm. are fine and good, but there's something about like the microwave that I really like. So that's my How do but, you know when it's done? Do you like listen for 
a second in between the pops? Well, now, because I make the same popcorn every day, oh. I have a certain time, you know, that it's, yeah, but I, I just love it. And it's, I don't know. I, again, like I'm horrible and I don't eat processed food at home. I'm, I'm that person. So, although I'm in LA, so I guess anything I say here is like yeah. fine. It's not that weird. In New York, people are like, well, you're horrible. Just eat, eat the, you know, delicious things that are bad for you. Whereas here, everyone's like, we understand you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went out to dinner, uh, with my husband at, oh, what's the name of it? It's in Topanga, into the seventh ray. Um, but Topanga is kind of like the epicenter or one of the epicenters of people having special choices with their food. And it I, makes me think of Boy Meets World. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, I uh, I saw the real Topanga in person the other day <gasps> because she's engaged to this guy, Jensen Karp, whose podcast I was on. Whoa. Yeah. I saw her in person. Her hair. She's so pretty. Still amazing. Her yes. Still amazing. Oh her hair God. is amazing. And she like her face is amazing, too. Yeah, I feel like if you're like a woman of a certain generation, it's like you love her. And yeah, mm-hmm. when you hear if you're not from LA and you hear Topanga, that's what you think of. Yeah. Really, so, but you I were think, in the place. Topanga. Right. I was in Topanga Canyon and I was being apologetic to the waiter about some kind of food request. And my <laughs> husband was like, you, this is where people do that. Right. It's fine. Right. <laughs> this is, they're, you're not even going to notice this. Yeah. I've wanted to write an article recently about how waiters have stopped saying, uh, do you have any dietary restrictions and how they've started saying, and what allergies and restrictions does your table have? And right. I'm like, wow. What a world. We, I like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's, there's been this like noticeable shift mm-hmm. of like, everybody's got something. So let's just ask right up front. How do you feel when you see no substitutions on a menu? Um, I, I don't like it. It rubs me the wrong way, even though I get it. Yeah. I mean, listen, like, I I think that we created a chef, you know, it used to be that the restaurateur was the big person. And then in the last 15, you know, really since the Food Network, it's, you know, the chef is like it. They are God. They are the person. And, you know, when you go to a restaurant, especially a fancy restaurant that often has these no substitution policies, the, you know, their idea is you are coming here to have my food and you should want to have that. And, to me, it's so messed up. Like you go out to dinner and it's for hospitality. And oftentimes it's like, okay, so like I'm the person who wants to pick the crazy tasting menu place because I love food. And I bring my brother who just wants like a slice of pizza. And, you know, it's everybody who's there is maybe not into your food as much as the (laughs) chef wants to believe. And, you know, people should be like, no substitutions to a point, right? Like, obviously, if somebody comes in and says, I don't eat this, I don't eat this. And it's like, if it's a you know, if it's a restaurant where it's like you're going to like Peter Luger's Steakhouse and you say like, I don't eat meat, even though they do have vegetarian mm-hmm. options, it's like, well, why are you there? But no substitutions. I don't know. It's just to me like, and again, like one of the things with my cookbook, it's like a, a lot of cooking now, it's just like it. people are so like precious about everything. And it's like, you know, it's just, it's food and it should be fun. And I certainly have spent, I've devoted my entire life now to thinking about it. But I still like I, I don't care. You know, like, I don't care if someone makes one of my recipes and changes it a little bit. Like who cares? You know, they're making it the way they enjoy it. So when you go to a restaurant, what you really want is hospitality. You want to be taken care of and you want something that's delicious. So if you need to substitute something, if they can do it, why not? Well said. Amen, <laughs> sister. Yeah. Excuse me. I think that when I see it's an emotional response when I see no substitutions. Yeah. To, and, and it just start. It's like, like oh, you're already in a defensive stance. 
right. so I have a weird overreaction to it of like, you can't draw that boundary. I yeah. don't know. It's like, it's, it's not, it's the opposite of hospitality. Yeah. I think their perspective, of course, is like, if everybody's modifying everything, mm-hmm. like, how are we going to get anything done? Right. Oh, yeah. I totally Which get I where they're coming appreciate, from. Appreciate. But I also think, like saying like this is the difference right you can have a policy of like uh we're not really going to do that unless we can like if the waiter comes back and says i talked to the kitchen like that sauce is already made uh, we can't take the cilantro out like i don't think anyone's going to throw a fit about that it's just more the like the lack of hospitality of like you're not even allowed to ask right like i don't know you should you're in a restaurant you should be able to ask for anything they can say no i mean but you can ask or you can't. And I also feel like it's not the, like the finest, 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 finest dining restaurants oftentimes don't have that policy. It's like yeah. lower. It's, it's, um, whatever. Well, there's this middle ground. This much. No, it's, it's really funny. Cause I also, I'm very into this idea of like, we've got, you know, it's the people at the very top and I'm sure because you deal with celebrities a lot. It's like the really A-list celebrities are all like fine, lovely people for the most part. And it's the people like right below mm-hmm. them who are always like the worst. I find that with the food celebrities, like the really, really famous people for They're the most part are, are lovely. And yeah. You feel like you've just been kissed or something. Right. Like not in an, not in a yeah. inappropriate way. Yeah, I know. So in the food, you know, no. <laughs> yeah. Some people you don't want to be kissed by, but, um, yeah. And it's the people who like maybe have like a show that isn't quite as popular or whatever, you know, who then just feel the need to be like so rude to you. And I feel that way about restaurants. It's like the people at the top, they're like, we know our food is good. Like if you, you know, if you want to order, like if you want to have mac and cheese and everyone else orders a tasting menu around you, like great. Whereas it's like the people in the middle who are like mm-hmm, trying striving. to, yeah, they want to be like, no, this is my food and I'm amazing and I have to prove myself. And you know, yeah, there's something about that on, in every career path where like the people who are not quite there just want to like, like it's like fake it till you make it or something. Right. Like I'm so amazing and I'm just going to say that to myself every day until someone else says it to me too. Now off mic, I I gotta find out the food world gossip if there's spe- specific people who have been horribly rude to you. Have there been? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, god, oh my I god. I can't yeah. wait. We'll talk about that later. Sorry, everyone. I almost put one of those people in my book. Like there's a, <laughs> and my publisher was like, you cannot name this person who was horrible to you. And I was like, why? She's like, just please don't. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. So I will tell you, but I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to publicly say who is horrible because it's not nice. I guess. Let's do just me or everyone. Um, first, I want to tell people that I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. There's different reward levels, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen and rate and review. And Allie, tell them where they can get your book. So you can go to bringitbook.com, which will take you to my website, um, which is also potluckwithallie.com. And on social, I'm Allie underscore Rosen because Allie Rosen is taken by a bikini fitness model. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay. Just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, Sebastian Stoker says, Whenever I hear or see White House Easter egg roll, I think egg roll, hashtag Chinese food. I do too. Why is it called that? I don't know. I It actually makes me think of like rolls like 
fat rolls or like, oh. you know, like, or like rolling down a hill or like, yeah, it has a lot of connotations. I, I don't know where what, that started. I wonder what it, which roll they're actually referring to. Cause I always think of egg roll. Like don't a Chinese they food roll egg roll. The do eggs? they, do they? I don't know. I've never been invited. I'm not no. sure I want to go right now, but yeah, don't invite me, please. Jeff, do you know? I don't. I'm looking it up. Right okay. Now. <laughs> Google will answer this for us. It'll be yeah. like in 1937, Bess Truman like, <laughs> wanted to roll some eggs. Yeah, because I'm more familiar with an egg hunt for Easter. Right. Is there roll. something where you roll the... It Find seems like us. there might be a thing because it'd be like, how far can you roll the egg before it cracks? That Ooh. feels like a thing. You you know, if you had just said that to me with authority, I would, I would <laughs> I, like, like six years from now, I'd be like, oh, it's because they roll. <laughs> so I'm like, you're wrong. No, I can't lie to another Allison Rose, Allie Rosen. Sorry. I'm sorry. I, I called you Allison. It's fine. I've been called Allison my whole life. I'm used to it. I think I respond to Allison more than to like Gorvich, my actual last no, name. No, but you could also be like, you could be an Alex. You could be a Sasha. There's other nicknames, right? There's. I'm not suggesting that you'd... I've been called Alex. I had a French teacher once who just aggressively called me Alex, even though I told him like 17 times that my name was Allie. And at some point <laughs> I just gave up and he would be like, Alex. And every like, and then when he would say that and someone like hadn't been in that, that class before, they'd be like, wait, he thinks your name. I'm like, I know I tried. So it's... <laughs> Yeah, there's I recently um, there's a woman I follow on Instagram whose name is Zandy and I never knew, Mm. but it's Alexandra. Yeah, Yeah, when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, I tried to make everyone call me Zandra (laughs) and it did not work. And then when I went to high school, like one of my teachers was named Zandra and I was like, you can help me with this. She's like, I don't like it. Help me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I never. Yeah. So Zandra never. never Why did she not like it? She just said, like, having a name that starts with an X is confusing to people. Oh. Like, it's hard. People, everyone thought her name started with a Z. Right. But she spelled I it with an X. I was picturing it with a Z. Yeah. But you wanted to be Xander with an X. Yeah. Because it's like, That's cool. cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Right. No, and my parents were like, no. <laughs> Your name is Allie. Deal with it. The funny thing is, when I was about 11, I decided I wanted to be Allie Rosen. That's who I was going to be. Should have stuck with it. I know. I did. I no, no, no. Sorry, I had it. Wrong. I have my own history wrong. <laughs> I was going to be Ali Michelle. My middle mm. name is Michelle. That's what I was going to be. I rebranded myself Ali Michelle. Heart over the eye. Ooh, I did heart over the eye. Yeah, for a while. yeah. and I filled that. I I would put myself on the mailing list for Koala Blue. Do you remember this store? No. Olivia Newton John owned it. it. Had cute clothing from Australia. Uh, Anyway, I put myself on the mailing list there, and for years I would receive catalogs to Ali Michelle, but that's mm. like as far as it went. Alter ego. Mm-hmm. All right. Ed Morris says, I wake up before the alarm feeling rested, but then the alarm goes off and I feel exhausted and just want to sleep. Yes. <gasps> yes. Oh what is God. that? What is that? I don't know, but that's, that's me. That I'm never real. more wide awake than in the very middle of the night, and yes. then I'm very tired in the morning. Yes. Jason Dix says, until pretty recently, I thought male birds had sex with the egg to reproduce. No. <laughs> That's only, only men would think that. No woman would think that. That's kind of amazing. But fish kind of do that. I mean, they don't have sex with the yeah. eggs, but they squirt right. their little fish jizz all over the, the fish like, eggs. But they're in like water. Like they already yeah, are like living in, that's a, true. in a hospitable environment for egg reproduction yeah, I'm like, uh, reproduction yeah. yeah but then some fish i think do have fish sex maybe i'm wrong 
It's another Googleable mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, we're gonna oh, no, so I know much. what it is. Some fish have live birth, whereas some mm. fish hatch out of eggs. Correct. <laughs> Did you Google it? That I just knew. So the egg roll, it's a race where you there are little lanes with pieces of string demarcating the lanes, and then you push the egg along with a long-handled spoon. Where like egg shuffleboard. From? Ooh. Yeah, like an egg shuffleboard. It, it started in 1835. Oh, wow. You were so, you were so close <laughs> so to being right. Close. Yeah. Not Best 18- Truman. No, oh, wait, said 18, you said 1937. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's, it started um, in the White House. Well, it would have to. Who else does it? Well, no. It looks like it, it was originally done in the White House in 1877, but it started... But, but they've been who? talking about it since eighteen thirty five. Wow. <laughs> who? Which? Which first lady? Because it's, it's obviously no president was like, "I'm going to start this egg roll." Uh, Dolly Madison, reportedly. There you, there you go. Thanks, Dolly. Is there really a best Truman? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. and she was in there in nineteen. No, Truman was after FDR, so I okay. sound yeah. No, yeah, I, I I outed you, and in the midst of outing you, I outed myself as someone who has no idea. Like I would like to have that kind. I would like to have, be able to just know a first lady and what year they were in there, and like I just don't have that. I wish, yeah, you know, my dad. My dad is a lawyer who also writes history books as a hobby, which is so annoyingly productive. <laughs> right. Um, but he, yeah, he knows. Like you can't have like we're you know when you talk about anything, especially like stuff that's happening today, and we're like never in the history of America. And he's like, actually, one time they shot someone <laughs> in Congress, and it was in you know I'm, I'm not going to say a year, but he would he knows all right. of that stuff, and it's so it's from his hobby. Wow, it's like it's really interesting but it's also like you can't have an argument with him <laughs> because he knows everything about hi- american history like he just he knows all of it and he just keeps it in his brain in a way that i did i wish i'd inherited that but yeah so he would have known he would have known that he'll be ashamed of me i hope he doesn't if he were to here. watch fox news would his brain explode no so this is horrible he has started watching fox news a lot it's really it's a point of um I think I sent him an email that really upset him the other day because when he he went to UVA during civil rights and he was like the leader of like the civil rights movement at UVA and a new book just came out. I'm like plugging this like really random book about UVA and desegregation. But there's like a whole like chapter about him in this book and how amazing he was. And I literally like wrote him. He like sent it. and He was like, I'm so proud I'm in this book. And I was like, imagine what your younger self would say about you like watching Fox News and being on Facebook all day instead of writing your amazing history books. And he just like didn't respond. And then my sister wrote back and was like, congrats, dad. And he's like, thanks, Annie. And then my brother's like, great job. And he's like, thanks. Thanks, Will. And I was like, ooh, okay, I guess I'm going to. Yeah, so no, it's very disappointing. And um, I will say it publicly that he watches Fox News. And yeah, it's about Israel, though. I mean, I think for mm. a lot of old Jewish men, it's like Israel. I feel like my listeners might want to go get his books. What's, yeah. What's his author name? Oh, his name is Robert Rosen. His book, uh, his most recent book is Saving the Jews, FDR and the Holocaust, which is all about... Uh, it's a light read. It's a really light read about the Holocaust. If you want a lighter read, his first, his easiest book is a uh, short history of Charleston. Anyone like going on, you know, 
one of everyone now goes to Charleston. So if you want to know about the history of Charleston, it's really quick and easy. It's a short history of Charleston. Then he has a book called Confederate Charleston. And then he has a book called Jewish Confederates and then FDR and the Holocaust. So it really uh, runs the gamut. So if you mm. want light and breezy and easy, start with short history of Charleston <laughs> and then decide which level of the Civil War or Holocaust you want to go into next. <laughs> They're great, though. He's a good writer. Okay. Wendy Diaz says... Uh, Sitting on a stool or any kind of seat without something to rest your back on for any longer than five minutes is the worst kind of torture you can put yourself through. Yes, I've reached yes. that age too. Oh my God. I'm I'm renovating my kitchen and I had like a, like, you know, my husband was like, ooh, I really like these stools. I was like, just no. go stand in the corner. Like <laughs> they will have backs and they will be, you know, upholstered and it will be amazing. I do not understand people who are cool with stools. No. And in restaurants, I like won't. Yeah, I got in a fight with someone at a restaurant because we made a reservation for like eight people in Charleston at a restaurant. And my dad is 70. Like, and they sat us at a table with stools. And I was like, we can't sit here. And the, per you know, like the 23 year old, like hostess was like, well, I don't really, I mean, like, you booked the table. And I was like, you didn't say like backless chairs <laughs> required. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, that's a sign of being older. Yeah. Frequently. Uh, at comedy clubs or on like comedy shows or panels or various things mm, when you're a guest yeah you will come out on stage and there will just be a stool and I will think yeah, why I'm gonna that? fall that is a comedy I don't know. thing and they're like they're the metal stools too mm -hmm. I see that like I'm I always afraid I'm gonna fall getting onto it and then if I don't fall getting on I'm afraid I'm gonna fall off for the duration of the show and I'm very uncomfortable I um started just if I have the chance, I will request a, a chair with a back or a stool with a back ahead of time. That's smart. Yeah, because I, I went to the Comedy Cellar recently and one of the comedians like used it as like a prop. The like, you know, he was like, I think he was drunk. So it was extra entertaining. But, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, because like, what do you do with that? You know, like right. you're just going to fall over. You yeah, can put your I'm water sorry. on it. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, in restaurants, mostly, mostly in my career path, they give you chairs. That's nice. Chairs. Yeah, that's nice. Unknown Chico IT guy says, start reading obit. Feel compelled to complete it to honor the person's death. Yeah. I don't have that particular thing, but I do have a lot of similar things of like, start to mm -hmm. read something stop reading and then be like oh, i gotta i have to read read the end or else it's bad luck just weird I, well i do that because like apple news you know like it because it like tracks you and it like shows you new things based on what you did before so i'm always worried like if i'm reading this very serious article and i don't finish it are they only gonna show me like really fluffy things so then i'll like make myself <laughs> finish it so i'm like because i want them to keep showing me real news rather than just like you know 17 ways you can use sriracha <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ray Morgan says, oh, this is in response to Jason Dix thinking male birds had sex with the egg. I thought male birds had peni. Most of them don't. Well, this is news to me. Do birds? Yeah, I don't think so. I thought, I, well, what do they have? God, I should have gone to the zoo today with my yeah. son. Yeah, no, I, God, male I don't birds know. Have some, Jeff, Google it. Well, now I'm going to get on some weird news list. <laughs> All I'm going to see is bird cocks now from now on in my news feed. <laughs> Or like Facebook will like give you an ad for like bird watching lover. Like here's some <laughs> right. binoculars. The, uh, like suggesting bird fetish. <laughs> right. Yeah. Google is dangerous like that. Lee Brun says, I get confused when someone reads off a phone number, but switches between numbers and letters. 605-0205. I, I do switch. Sometimes I say, oh, sometimes I say zero within in the same number. Yeah. That would never occur to me to be a problem. I'm just so used to it. 
Sorry. I had, there was a period of time where whenever I saw like 120,642 or something, anything that had like six or more places, I thought, and I don't know why, and this is like, this happened like a few years ago. I thought you're supposed to start reading from the right. Like I had had this weird, like that's how you read this from the right. And I would- for math. Yeah. It was like some left holdover from decimal points or something. So I would look at it and I would just kind of stall and I wouldn't know how to say it out loud. I think this happened on the, on the Adam Carolla show where I would be doing the news. Um, and then I realized, oh no, it's so much easier to start, start from the left. Right. That's how you process that number. But I need the commas to be in there. Like if it's just a number, like without. Right. Like the commas, then I'll just be like, instead of saying like 6,354,000, I'll be like, six, three, five. I'm like, ah, I don't want to get like, I don't want to say six million and have it actually be 60 million. million and sound yeah. like an actual like idiot. Yeah. Need the commas. Numbers are hard. Yeah. Math. JMOs for Aeros says, when I'm in a cab or Uber in, a, in an area I know well, I don't give unsolicited directions because I feel rude and bossy, even though I know I can get around traffic or annoying lights. Is this person a woman or a man? Can you tell? I don't know. I feel like that's another like thing that women do where like men would have no problem being like, go here, even though I right. have no idea where I am. Whereas women would be like, oh, like this or is whatever you how think. I go. Yeah, like, yeah. This is how I go every day. But like, I'm, I'm so guilty of that. Like I'll be going home and uh, my in-laws live, for those who know New York geography, like my in-laws live on the Upper East Side and we live in the village. So like you always take the FDR and, but FDR drive, you can get off on 23rd street or you can get off on 14th and in 14th, you're in alphabet city. And I'm sorry if this story is going on too long for people who've zoned out about New York geography. No, but I used to live but, in New York. So I yeah, am so you're eating with it up. Yeah. So you have to get off on 23rd street because then you're on first Avenue. Whereas if you get off on 14th street, then you're on Avenue C mm-hmm. and you are just way further East than you needed to be. And cab drivers all the time will be like approaching 23rd. And I will think to myself, I should tell them like, oh, make sure you get off at 23rd instead of 14th. And I half the time I don't because I don't want to be rude. And then I'm like in Alphabet City and the cab takes like 10 minutes longer. And yeah, so I, I do that a lot. And it's really bad. I, um, this is going to be an overshare, but that's just my thing. Go for it. Uh, I had a phone session with my psychiatrist yesterday. This is just part of a longer not particular. It's a, it, this is a boring part of a longer, not particularly interesting story. I just told a story about traffic. So you're fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I was I um I had postpartum depression and I went on Lexapro for the first time and I've always been someone who's like I know that antidepressants help other people but I don't yeah, need not them. Not me. Yeah. Um. And you know I'm fine. I've just been in a bad mood for thirty years or whatever. Like I'm a happy person who's just it's situational. Um. But I did go on Lexapro and it did it it helped me quite along with being in therapy helped me quite a bit. But then because I am getting ready to try to get pregnant again, I wanted to go off of it. So I started tapering off of you it. You don't have to though. I know. Mm, I know. That's a whole other discussion. That's what everyone told me. In fact, not only did they say that, they seemed like surprised and almost alarmed that I wanted to go off. Like, well, you're going to be on something, right? That was my OB. She's like, you're going to be on something though, right? I'm like, you're like, I'm not you horrible. Even, you barely know me. I feel like you like met me in the delivery room, even though I did go to you throughout the pregnancy. So what are you doing weighing in? And I'm 100% sure she doesn't listen to this because I don't think she knows what I does. You hope. She doesn't know what I does. Get, before you get <laughs> pregnant again, you hope she's not listening to you insult her. 
<laughs> I know. I insulted my dad. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but so that was my OB, but like my fertility doctor, my therapist, my psychiatrist, there's a whole team of people who have let me know that it's fine for me to stay on. But I, and this is like very, it's textbook to be like, I'm feeling better. I don't need it. And to yeah. think that feeling better doesn't have to do with it. So I started tapering off of it. And then, um, a lot of anxiety and like agitation started coming back. And then uh, my fertility doctor was like, try to stay as unstressed as possible. And I'm like, well, this is very stressful. <laughs> the whole, yeah, like, oh, all okay. of that made me like, there's some effect on, they don't know, they can't quantify it, but being, even though when you're doing IVF, it's just a really stressful thing anyway. But yeah, like, they think that, there's like some effect, but they don't know how much that higher cortisol levels aren't ideal. So then I'm like, okay, well, I've just chosen the wrong time to try to get off of this. So I'm like gently, I've decided not to taper off. I'm just going to stay on like a very small dose. But when I initially talked to my psych, <laughs> people are going to wish for the traffic story. <laughs> when I initially talked to my psychiatrist about it, he's like, um, you know, stay at at this dose for a few days and then if you need to go up go up but i just stayed at the small dose so then when i had checked in with him again yesterday he was like okay so the plan is stay at this dose you know till till the embryo transfer and then you know make a you know talk let, let's have you come in uh or talk on the phone after that and if you need anything in between then like if you need to go if you need anything in between then now and then get in touch or, or something like that. And I said, you mean like if I need to go up a dose or if I need to talk to you? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, no, which one? And he's like, I don't know if I understand the question. I'm like, this is why I hate phone conversations. Right. You're like, this is why I only do my podcast in person. <laughs> no, I actually only do do it in person. I know. I'm uh, impressed by yeah. that. <laughs> It was so frustrating. For the amount he charges, I was like, I can't, I can't believe this is happening. But anyway, I finally got to the bottom of it. He was saying, don't don't go up the dose without talking to him first. Yeah. But I was like, but before you had said, if I need to go up, just go up. So why do I ha now have to talk to you first? And it was going to drive me crazy that I didn't know the answer, but I decided to let him off the phone without finding out anyway. <laughs> right. When this, you're like, this, this is, is a medical professional. This is good. Yes. This is going back to not saying, not right. insisting that they get off at 23rd. And I'm like, he's on the phone right now. I'm really curious why now he wants me to talk to him whereas before it was like just go up i am paying so much for this guy yeah, i should just ask but i didn't i just yeah. i'm like okay well thanks right i don't it's, know why it's like pathological i don't we, we just do it and it, it's so frustrating because you know like even in the moment you're like i should be doing this but i am not yeah. oh god okay i can't okay, i've gotten a little better about it in yeah. medical situations as you get older i think you give less fucks right but for some reason this one with the with the like not very good phone connection and me wanting to get off and be with elliot i'm just like whatever um yes as a guy i don't give directions to uber drivers but it's not necessarily because i don't feel like i'm entitled to or i'm insulting but my feeling is i'm in an uber or lyft because i don't want to deal with it and if i'm thinking about what turns you should make I might as well be driving myself. So for me, the value of being in a car service is that I can just space out and not have to deal with it. So I just think I shouldn't be thinking about this at all. It's like, I'm, I'm paying you for this to be your problem. Yeah. So whatever, use your best judgment. You drive for a living. 
have fun. Yeah, I live in New York, so we never drive, so we just right. judge everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you take Ubers a lot in New York? Because it was oh yeah, just cabs when I was there. It's yeah, you know, it's it's made the traffic so much worse, but it's so great. I mean, especially for me, like I'm always lugging around uh, like video equipment, so you know, I will take the subway if I'm. You know, if it's like a quick, you know, because I live right by the subway. So if the place I'm going is right by the subway, but I have this thing of like, if I have to walk with all my gear for more than seven minutes, I will take an Uber. Like, mm-hmm. that's my rule for myself, for my own sanity. And it just like, it, it just makes your life so much easier in New York because you know, like, going outside and trying to get a cab at a time where there are no cabs, it's like, you can't get, like, I had a thing the other day where I was doing a radio show that was like in Bushwick and then I had to go to another thing in Park Slope and I was like, this used to be in a world where like I literally could not have gotten between these two or I would have had to like take the train back into Manhattan to then Mm -hmm. go out and actually I can just call an Uber on my phone and be there in 20 minutes. I mean, it really like in New York, I'm sure, I mean, in LA, I mean, where there's like very little public transportation, it totally changes the game, but everybody already had a car. So in New York, it's great, but it's bad in the sense that everyone is using it. So therefore the traffic is a nightmare. Right. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Ali Rosen, uh, I love you. I love you too. It was so fun having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for doing. I'm glad you reached out to me. I'm glad we have the same, almost the same name. We we can say we have the same. Yeah, name. it's fine. Jeff, where do we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox, and also looking at bird junk. Oh yeah, <laughs> because birds, most birds do not have the same reproductive body parts as mammals. Instead, both male and female birds have a cloaca. They both have a cloaca. How do babies, baby birds get made then? The All of the reproductive stuff for both of them just sort of build up in the cloaca when it's breeding time for them, and then boom, they get together. You should make your new social handle at bird junk. At bird junk. <laughs> so they Someone both have holes. Holes. And then like, a, a like vent- sperm just like goops out of it or something? I think it builds up and just kind of hangs out there until it's needed, and then kaboom. And then they like touch cloacas, and it just... Yeah transfers yep. science that seems so messy seems ineffective yeah well i don't know why i'm saying this to you like you invented this system or something i'll work on it <laughs> see what it's you can do it's not my best work <laughs> okay i was under time uh pressure to <laughs> right. get this done and yeah. i just thought let's make them all the same and just make them all look the same from the outside and that'll some, keep bird watchers interested some corners <laughs> were cut on that um <laughs> follow me on twitter at allison rosen uh, show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Get my book, Tropical Attire Encouraged, and other phrases that scare me. Uh, go to my website, alisonrosen.com. All the stuff you need is there. I'm on Instagram, alisonrosen, etc. Um, tell everyone again, in case they tuned in just for the very end, Yeah, <laughs> Allie, where you are. Allie underscore Rosen. Uh, or you can find all my stuff at potluckwithallie.com. Or if you want book-specific things, it's bringitbook.com. Thank you again. Jeff, where do we find you? At birdjunk.com. <laughs> At birdjunk on social media and birdjunk.com. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time.